Hi, this is the Inside Alberta podcast. I'm Don Braid, political columnist. Uh, today we're going to go a little outside of the provincial thing and talk about uh, more as much about civic affairs. And I'm here with Megan Potkins this week, our Post Media's wonderful reporter at City Hall. We've got lots to talk about. And my goodness, uh, the, the whole province is just shaking with the budget, for one thing. There's been so many impacts come down, both civic and provincial. And uh, so many organizations, uh, so many agencies are finding out things that weren't even in the budget you know making that like for instance uh, the unions had no idea the government was going to ask for a wage cut when the budget came out and then a week later they find out they're being asked for a three percent two percent cut and we've had uh, you know as far you can expect there's going to be a lot of problems I mean there's been ways of doing these things for all these years and all of a sudden the UCP has not only changed policy and changed, they've changed the way they do things. They're doing things like just simply abrogating agreements, like the city charters is one, and I guess we'll, we'll probably get into that. So the province is really in, in um, turmoil, and, and then we get something like in Canada uh, leaving. I don't think we really need to talk about that too much, except to say that, oh, wow, I mean, it's a symbolic blow. It's, it's absolutely devastating. I mean, I remember when... Alberta Energy was first formed and the government sold shares. Those are the days, by the way, when they still call companies what they actually are, like Alberta Energy, instead of this new name for Encana, which sounds like some kind of laxative or something. (laughs) I can't even say it. It sounds like... Ovinative? It sounds like Trump's Kofevi, almost. Um, So there's been a, a tremendous amount of tension brewing here, and I think Doug Schweitzer's intervention when he called... Nancy Trudeau's mayor because mm-hmm. Trudeau had said they would actually talk to the prime minister. I don't think there's a big city mayor or even a small city mayor or any mayor in Canada who wouldn't talk to the prime minister if the prime minister wanted to talk. But man, in the heart of the the UCP, they do not like Trudeau and they're not they're not crazy about Nancy either. So maybe we can talk. I wonder what you think about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I th- I've thought it was over the top. I don't think that kind of name calling is useful. I don't know what the UCP has to gain because they're in office, they're solid, they don't have any elections to win, and they're also the senior government. They're they're the guys with the bags of money, and they've got all the all the weapons in their little toolkit, and and you know the, the and they're making it clear the provincial governments, the the civic governments are pretty junior to them. So I don't know that they have to go to that level. What do you think? Well, it's interesting you say making it clear that those civic governments are junior to them because this was a budget that we saw uh, where they tore up the city charter agreements with with Calgary, with Edmonton. And what's interesting about that is they said, no, this is the the deal we're going to have with cities is going to be the same across the board, mm-hmm. kind of cutting down the tall poppies of Edmonton and Calgary <laughs> is how I I saw that. You're, there's nothing special special about about those two cities and the UCP mines, I think, and and they maybe wanted to um, t- take them down a peg, and and uh, th- at least that's how I read that a little bit. No, there's no question about it. I mean, for years and years with the PCs, that was the attitude. The attitude was that they're all alike. And, and you know, in, in recent years, the cities have made a pretty good argument that they are different because they deal with a, lo- a lot of the social problems that smaller communities may not have. They deal with a lot of the costs. Like, look at Rocky View dancing up and down about how great they're off financially. And meanwhile, 
everybody, people in Rocky View come to work in Calgary, use the services and everything. So they are different, and they deserve different treatment. But the province, <laughs> provincial governments have never, in my experience, whatever their stripe, mm-hmm. been willing to actually give up much of their jurisdiction. And But just canceling the thing? They started working on this thing in the old PC days, mm-hmm. It was even before the NDP came to uh, office, right? At least right? a decade, longer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, I think uh, that that was a blow. We saw both the Edmonton Edmonton's mayor and Calgary's mayor um, uh, kicking up a fuss about the, st- the the tearing up of the city charters, which pledged long term transit funding. Then um, that's another thing here: the Green Line. It's really hard uh, to talk about this week in politics without talking about the Green Line. You had um, a four point nine billion dollar project, uh, you know, f- p- uh, promised from with funding from the feds, the province, and the city and buried in this uh, omnibus bill from the province this week, Bill 20, we see that they are inserting some kind of clause that will allow them to pull funding with 90 days days notice only uh, without cause. Uh, Now, I think uh, Minister McIver, who interestingly used to be on city council, has characterized this this as boilerplate. He says this is a standard language, but that is not how it is being interpreted uh, by uh, Mayor Nenshi. It's not how it's been interpreted because um, it also impacts major transit projects in Edmonton. It's not how it's being interpreted uh, by Don Iveson. Um, it's caused just, it's put a huge wrench in that project. And and it's just one, of, one more thing that we've seen disrupting what seemed to be already pretty tense relations between especially Calgary and the province. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, this the province can... Uh, I disagree with changes the city might want to make, or you know that's standard. It was standard in the in the NDP deal too. I I believe I read in your stories, <laughs> but to say that all of a sudden you can cancel a thing, I mean that that kind of would, might scare away builders, it might scare away contractors who say oh, we get in the middle of this thing and all of a sudden it's canceled. I just don't know why. I think they could probably do it anyway. They could use their powers if they saw something that was so horrible they had to stop it, or if the bottom fell out of funding, they could do that. But why they have to put the actual thing in is beyond me. I, I just don't get that. It's almost as if they're just sticking in the, the needle, you know? Yeah, and, and as you said, or, uh, we saw kind of this antagonism articulated with uh, the, the police funding issue. Um, now, Doug Schweitzer, uh, he's been arguing, you know, we're going to maintain funding for police. They did maintain funding for police grants right. to the cities that was unchanged. However, mm-hmm. in this budget, we saw that the province would be keeping a significantly larger share of ticket revenue. They went from 26.7% administrative fee on a ticket, on a fine, uh, to 40%. Right. Uh, and now... Um, and that's it, a $10 million item. It's a, Ultimately, it's $10 million. It, it, I think, police, it's, right? I think it's yes, ten million dollars annually that mm-hmm. was going from that those fees into mm-hmm. police budgets. At least that's how it works in Calgary. And uh, when Nenshi raised this, he said, and it, you know, and I, he put it in these terms. You know, this is uh, this is a law and order government. I'm very surprised to see this. Schweitzer did not like that, and his his snap back to the mayor was Trudeau's mayor. This is Trudeau's mayor, and. And don't lecture us on how get how to get our fiscal house in order. Uh, you should get your fiscal house in order, and that just kicked off another Twitter battle between the mayor and uh, and the minister. Yeah, you know it. It is what they're saying. They're not cutting fine now. Now, first of all, let's be clear. You know, a huge majority of Albertans voted for 
uh, this government, and a lot of people want fiscal restraint. There's no question about it. And I personally think that there is a real need for fiscal restraint and getting uh, the debt down. But they are being they're they're sort of breaking the mold. They're they're making it clear that they are absolutely and completely serious with all of these kinds of things that they're doing. Um, and you know, they're, they're, they're ta- the technique is to say we're still maintaining funding, but other th- they do other things that result in less money for, for the agency. And that the, the, the ticket thing is, is certainly one classic. And then the larger one, on the larger scale, it's de-indexing. And mm-hmm. Trevor Tombe, the, the economist, who is becoming one of the real solid voices in this province for this sort of thing, pointed out that when you de-index categories, you're basically sliding people into a higher tax category. Uh, and they end up paying the equivalent of paying more tax. So that that's the overall technique, which happens in one department after another, of of um, uh, finding ways to to get more revenue or to pay less, and yet to be able to con- insist that as far as just the absolute grant goes, you're still granting as much money, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and and <coughs> you know it wasn't just police. Uh, there were some other kind of surprising cuts here. Um, you know, I think the, the UCP uh, has has you know they they've they warned cities it wasn't gonna be it was gonna be ugly, but they hit them with a nine percent cut across the board on on uh, MSI, the Municipal Sustainability Initiative. That's capital money. That's money for uh, that's money for bridges. It's money for rec centers. It's money for um, uh, you know roads. Those sorts of basic things, everyday things that the city's now gonna have to pick up, and they're saying, hey, we're gonna have to raise taxes. Uh, and this is where that argument around downloading, you know, has the province been downloading? Uh, you know, they're able to say they're not raising taxes, um, while at the same time, potentially, the argument goes that they are downloading these costs onto cities and forcing them to raise taxes. And this is happening at the same time as we're still in the middle of this crisis over uh, business property taxes yes. and all these businesses like. Uh, uh, we had a story the other day about uh, Owl's Nest Books, my favorite bookstore up in Britannia. I've known these people for years and years. Their tax goes from $7,000 over four years to $32,000. And and now city council is going to be looking at whether they're actually finally going to work up the nerve to shift this burden to residential. And uh, do you think they will actually do that? Do you think they will actually level this out by shifting to residential and we're, we're two years away from an election, and by the time they do it, it'll be a lot closer, right? Now's the time to do it, I suppose, then, right? Um, if you're going to do something as unpopular as hiking taxes on homeowners, mm-hmm. now might be the time to do it, as you say, with at the halfway point between the last municipal election and the next. Mm-hmm. I do think that you're going to see something in this municipal budget in November. They're going to be responding mm-hmm. to the situation, the new situation with the province, the, 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 the uh, significantly less money that they're going to be receiving from the province. Um, and you're going to see them, I think, do two things. They're probably going to be cutting budgets again. Uh, and they are, uh, I know, very seriously looking at transferring some of the tax burden away from businesses who we know have been uh, seeing these massive tax hikes as a result of plunging <coughs> property values in the downtown, uh, shifting some of that tax burden that the, business, the commercial side was previously carrying onto homeowners. We're not sure by how much yet because this is, you know, the, ap- the the appetite is there on the commercial side, but homeowners don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear. No, the, yeah. the, the, it's incredibly the view from uh, you know a significant amount of Calgarians is y- you guys 
you cut spending. Don't put this on us. Exactly. exactly. So, and, of course, the province is fully convinced that the, the city spends way too much money. They think it's totally, and they think both cities, but particularly Calgary, are, and they're just forcing this on them. They're forcing the agenda, the cost-cutting agenda on, on City Hall. And uh, we'll see where it goes. And, and you know, what kind of, uh, you mentioned all these things that can be cut. Like uh, there's a little little project quite close to us that uh, where, where my wife and I live uh, that, that seems to have been dropped, like right in the middle of construction. All of a sudden, everybody's gone. And I kind of wonder if they're not already responding by, by uh, stopping some things like this. You have, can you give us a little list of what services you think will be most impacted? Well, we, even to achieve the last uh, tax cut that we mm-hmm. saw to prevent um, bills coming that went out to businesses in, in July or in the spring from being really ugly, uh, they have to go to big places. These are cuts to transit. They're cuts to police. They're cuts yeah. uh, to fire. Um, and we know that uh, the, the police budget itself will be a big battle. There's already going into this budget a $13 million hole in the in the police budget as a result of some of the provincial changes. And the city had, had been looking at at least um, some kind of cut to police. And now we're we're going to have to, you're going to see a scramble to reprioritize things to try to make sure that at a time when we're seeing more shootings, we're seeing um, problems with uh, methamphetamines, uh, opioid crisis continuing, that the police uh, are able to respond and do their jobs. It's going to be, I'm not sure yet exactly where Mm -hmm. we're going to see some of these cuts. I know um, that the city will be coming out with, uh, uh, we'll have a bit of a better idea probably mid-month this month uh, in November we'll have a better idea of what they're going to be looking at exactly but certainly they're going to be pushing back a lot of their capital spending Mm -hmm. Um, operating might be okay for now Um, aside from police uh, you know a lot of your services hopefully won't change too too much but there's going to be a lot of deferred maintenance, mm-hmm. a lot of life cycle upgrades to rec centers, um, uh, you know, infrastructure, basic infrastructure that is going to be kicked down the road. Well, and as far as the city itself is concerned, I think a lot of people uh, were expecting that when the UCP came in, things would uh, begin to turn around on the business front and there would be, you know, the, the UCP has their plan. It's to cut or corporate taxes and <laughs> encourage business to come. But when you get a company like Encana leaving, uh, the symbolism of this is just uh, f- um, so powerful. It's like somebody in Toronto said in something I read today, imagine if the Royal Bank, Royal Bank of Canada moved from Toronto to New York. You know, it's, uh, that, it's almost on that kind of symbolic level. Ma- imagine if SNC-Lavalin, Trudeau's favorite company, moved to Panama or something like that. You know, that's that's what that, that's what it's like. And we do not have any calming going on here. I don't think we have uh, much of a sense of optimism in the city. What with all the cuts of the UCP, it just seems more draconian than they they said they would do. Now the reason they say they have to do all these cuts as opposed to just holding the line is because they say when they came in. The finance officials found, I think it was $26 billion in, in revenue forecasting that wasn't justified. And they also said they had to pay $1.5 billion to get us out of the rail, uh, the oil-by-rail thing. So they're they're going deeper than they said they would. And I think there's a just a really unsettled feeling. We, we kind of, we've had four years of this recession. I think everybody kind of felt, well, huh. We've got a change here, so maybe, maybe this is the end of it. But, but right now, 
I don't think the mood in Calgary is optimistic at all. And uh, we just have to hope it improves over time. Do you want to add to that? Maybe you think, maybe from your perspective over at City Hall, it's all chugging along fine. I don't know. Not, <laughs> not at all. I, 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 it's funny, though, you, you mentioned that, that, that this, there's, there is a palpable um, kind of uh, morale hit that came with that Encana announcement. Yeah. Um, and there is, uh, you know, scrutiny suddenly on, on, on how the city is, uh, what the city's doing to, 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 to potentially attract jobs. One of the, the major municipal initiatives has been that $100 million OSIF fund, right. which ideologically a lot of conservatives don't like. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they don't like that it's backed by a mayor who hasn't been very popular with this party, but also um, they don't like the idea of choosing winners and losers. Um, but it's one of the few things that is injecting little bits of, of you know economic incentive in the local economy. I think you're going to see a lot more scrutiny on that. Is it working mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. alongside with you know the, the, this Kenny tax cut, uh, corporate tax rate cut, all of you know. Ca- Calgarians, Albertans are looking to see what will work. Exactly, and we've had this huge change in approach from from incentives for all kinds of areas, including green technology and so forth, to a sort of flat playing field. Now, the flat playing field worked like a dream in the early 1990s when Klein did it, and one of the reasons it worked like a dream is because the oil and gas industry were both really strong, and they were growing, and the economy... (coughs) People forget that when Klein took office in 92, the economy was improving, so he did his cuts in a time of, of growth, and these cuts are coming in a time of very flat, just a little bit of growth. But anyway, we'll we'll find something cheerier to talk about next week. Maybe you can join us and talk us about the change of mood at City Hall for the better. Who knows? But right now, <laughs> I think Inside Alberta is done for this week. Thanks so much. Thank you, Don.